Let's talk about talk, it. Talk, talk, talk. Let's go deep. We all have something to share. No share with Dr. Dave. All right. Welcome, everybody. Welcome to Agile Nova. It's been a while since we have uh, since we had an event, uh, and I'm really delighted to uh, to be back and to uh, host. Uh, I believe this would be the first event in 2023. So, um, welcome back, and uh, I am uh, happy to have uh, Dr. Dave Cornelius with us today, and uh, the topic about value. Uh, he always brings, you know, value to the conversation. <laughs> so, welcome. <laughs> Thank you. Well, if you're ready for me, and since we have such a a, a small group, um, I'm going to post something in the chat just for everyone to just check in. Right? You know, since you guys haven't um, you haven't been here for a while, and and so. This is just using one of the core protocols, you know, um, activities called a check-in. And so, you know, I would love to hear your voice, you know, in our learning space today. And uh, so why don't we just start? And anyone could start. I'm not going to select. And we'll just go through that, go through this thing. And I'll be the last person since I'm the speaker and I could just get started from there. Hey, uh, this is Jerry Stone. I'm from New Jersey. Um, I saw this uh, meetup and uh, Dr. Dave, I had attended some of your other meetups in the past. So when I saw it, I'm like, oh, I remember him. Let me go to this one. So <laughs> looking forward <laughs> to your presentation. Well, you haven't followed our protocol, though, for, for a check-in. What is it? I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> I'm am, I am in. All right. So welcome. the group... We could say welcome. 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 <laughs> um, I'll, I'll go. My name is Mark Kepler. Um, I um, came here today. I'm, I'm uh, a coach and uh, I've been talking to people about adding value. Um, so I thought I might be able to get some good tips for those conversations and uh, questioning how I can best add value. So hopefully I will. Uh, be able to take something away from myself as well. And I am in. Welcome. Welcome. Thank Welcome. you. I'll go next. Um, my name is Corinne and I came today because um, there's been a lot of discussion around delivery of value and just value in general. So I thought it would be a good opportunity to get a different perspective and learn a little bit more and then hopefully share uh, with the program that I'm supporting. Um, so with that, I am in. Welcome. Welcome. Hey, I'm Christy. I'm glad to be here. Looked like a really great topic. Always look great to learn more about value. Um, and I am in. Welcome. Welcome. Hey, I'm Catherine. I am in. Um, and I'm joining because I want, yeah, you know, it's just continuous learning, always trying to improve. Um, located in Charlotte. I used to live in D.C. a little while ago, so I used to attend all those meetings. Uh, looking forward to this. And I'm so sorry, I need to drop off early uh, to catch a flight in a bit. Welcome. 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 
My name's Betsy, and I'm here because I have a client that I've been working with for over two years, and we cannot figure out how to convince their overall organization that value is what their IT department should be delivering. So hoping you have some new tricks and techniques for me. And I'm in. Welcome. Welcome. All right, I'll go. Uh, my name is Salah, and um, I am here because I think the, the question is very intriguing. Uh, do you deliver value? I'd like to uh, get to know more about that. Um, and obviously, I didn't want to miss uh, my meetup <laughs> like I did last time. Uh, and it's always great to uh, to hang out with Dr. Dave and, and learn from him. So I'm in. Welcome. So, hey, you know, this is Dr. Dave. Um, I am here because I want to promote um, the concept about delivering value. Um, I wrote a book about it. So that's what we're going to talk about tonight. So I'm in. Welcome. Thank you. Welcome. So let me kick off um, sharing. Just share my whole desktop so it'd be fun to do it this way. Uh, so what, what we're going to cover today um, is the, the whole concept about delivering value. And what does that really mean right? to, to deliver value? Um, let's make sure that put it in the right context. Um, and so the trigger for this, what, what what generated the whole concept, and I know heard Mark says, you know, it's just asking the question, do I deliver value? What does value really means? But, you know, when we're in the space of having that discussion about delivering value. And so I've written two books um, recently. One of them is called Deliver Value, obviously. And um, you could find that at Amazon. And then within that book, I started, I wrote a, a fiction story to really talk about value in the context of happy contributing people, satisfied customers, and thriving business. And so I pulled that out, and now I have this other small little book called The Innovation Catalyst, Leading with Empathy, and it's really an emphasis on women leadership and how a woman in leadership can deliver value with technology and using Agile and a bunch of other different um, techniques uh, to make sure the organization uh, brings value to its its customers, to the people who work there, as well as the the shareholders and stakeholders in, in the process. Uh, and so, instead of just depending on my own understanding, I decided to have a conversation with a bunch of industry leaders. And, and so, one one of the first uh, leaders that I I spoke to was Miriam Webster. You guys know Miriam, right? Yes, well-known, has been around since 1823, well-established. And so conversation with Miriam, and this is a fair return or equivalent in goods, services, or money for something exchanged. And one definition. And so I also talked to Diana Larson. You guys know who Diana Larson is. She wrote, you know, Agile Retrospectives. Yeah, yeah. And she said, well, I think there are different types, kinds of values that are, that are customer, business, and strategic direction. That's her context. And then, you know, you, Betsy said she was in Portland. So Marty Nelson runs a code camp up in Portland. And he says a positive exchange, positive emotion and experience. And then so I went off and talked to Dave West. right? And, and he is the CEO of Scrum.org. And he said, you may ask, why is the person buying that thing? 
What is the value they want to receive in the, in the process? And then Howard Sublett, who is the former CEO of Scrum Alliance, he says the relationship between the amount someone pays and what they perceive that they get in exchange. So you could see five different brains, five different thoughts about what value is. And, and then here comes me, you know, Dr. Dave, who says, well, I think there should be a definition of value. I think there should be a thing called definition of value, just like there's definition of ready and right definition of done. So let's have a definition of value. And so my definition of value is that value is a measurable outcome that can be realized and shared. And I, I, I describe this this way is because as I'm doing research and I wanted to have something, a, a full definition that I could play with and use as an instrument. So I could say value is measurable. So I could figure out how to measure it, whether it's quantitative or qualitative. I could say value is outcomes focused, which is more customer centric, because when we speak to outcomes, we're talking about something that we're delivering value to a customer. I go a little further and I say value is realizable. So it shouldn't be something that's so abstract that we can't even tap into it. And then so I said, value is shareable because we live in a time um, where we have networks and we're constantly sharing information. So value is a measurable outcome that can be realized and shared. Now, you've heard my definition. You've heard five other definitions. And so I'm going to ask you, and so we're going to play with Menti for a little while. So I'm going to bring this question up and then I'll bring a Menti screen up and you guys could share that information. And so I said, how do you, how do you know you delivered value? And, and I want you to think about it from the context of words that comes to mind when you or your team itself actually delivered value. And, and so let me drop uh, the, the Menti content in here that I want you to use. And I'm going to put that in the chat and everyone is going to be happy about that. And, and so, okay, so that's there in Menti and let me bring up and run my Menti code here and I'm going to present. And, and so you could answer, you could give up to three different responses in the process. Um, you know, what words come to mind when you or your team delivered value. So go to menti.com and you can enter the code 42473622. You see about three people are in there. So I'm going to close that. And I am going to give us about a minute so that we could stay on track. Maybe I'll be kind and give us a minute and a half. What do you guys think? I think you're, if you think too hard, then, you know, it probably won't have much fun with this. So I want to make sure that. Uh... Good. And so you could add multiple definitions and, and that's your choice to do so. You see, so we have profit. People and, and they have usability, strategic outcome. People are thinking about profit again. Um, 
things that are defined by by the business itself. Utility that people gets utility out of that. Um, it's a solution. Bankable plan. Hmm. So let's see what else user experience. See what else is fun in, in here. Accomplished, yes. Okay. So whoever wrote Bankable Plan, tell us a little bit more about Bankable Plan. What do you mean by that? Sorry, you caught me while I'm um, munching on my dinner. Um, <laughs> um, uh, I work in financial services, so anything that is bankable that is going to be a positive outcome where we're going to um, uh, generate additional uh, monetary value to for the bank, um, that's what we call, consider as a bankable plan um, that adds value um, to the company and to the um, um, to the um, risk group. Okay. Um, let's see. Let me see if I could strategic outcome. Who said strategic outcome? Let's hear from you. Uh, that's me again. <laughs> oh, I thought I said that one. Oh, well. <laughs> oh, okay. Both of us then. Please go ahead. Oh, that's funny. Yeah. I mean, to me, uh, it's just what the business is trying to accomplish. And there's different ways, whether it's technical um, or, you know, for the end user, it, it's, it's something strategic, like it's planned and it has a particular gain. Okay. Fair. That, that, those are, you know, those are very good, you know, definitions that we could use. And so with that, I am going to bump back over to, uh, get out of this screen for now and, and jump back into our presentation. Um, so yeah, as you can see, we have different definitions, different perspective of what value is. So value, you know, if I gave you a conceptual framework that value is a measurable outcome that can be realized and shared, and you look at the definition, then I could plug, plug different things into that definition, right? I could plug how I'm going to measure it. I could plug a vision about what that looks like. I could plug in you know, what's realizable and what's shareable and how I'm going to share it, right? Um, and, and so that gives us a, a conceptual framework. The definition of value that I provided give you a conceptual framework that you could take forward and use as you could plug in. Now, when we think about the relevance of delivering value, right? I mean, what we're talking about is customers are loyal and satisfied, my customers have wants and needs. And so they're you're actually satisfying their needs. You know, we have happy contributing people. The people who actually work for the organization have a sense of happiness, which is a sense of belonging and for what they're con what they're contributing to the organization. So if you notice, I didn't just say happy people, I said happy contributing people. There's a big difference. Oh, wow, it's so fun. Yeah, that's cool. Hey, uh, what have you done for me lately? You know, do the Janet Jackson song and dance. So 
It also that it helps the organizations to be viable and thriving at the same time. They're making money, they're expanding their business, their influence is good, they have a good reputation. And, you know, when you deliver value, you know, really, it feels good. It, it really does. I mean, I don't know of anyone who has delivered value in the context of building software, building products and services, who do not get that feeling of, oh, wow, this was really cool. You know, and sometimes we call those people, you know, high performing teams or resilient teams. So we have different phrases that we could use, but those individuals also, or teams also deliver great value to your organization. Uh, so when, in, in our conversation today, as, as we walk forward, we'll, we'll talk about three different things, three. Um, we're going to talk about happy contributing people and who they are and, and some attributes of happy contributing people. We'll talk about satisfied customers. And the third aspect of it is thriving business. I, I believe as a business owner and someone who has coached many in large companies, these are the three pillars that help organizations to really uh, thrive and and really uh, provide value to their shareholders, to their customers. And, and so all of these three things are really important, right, um, in terms of delivering value. And these organ, these different groups also get great benefits from it. Um, so, so when you think about happy contributing people, their attributes is that you know, some of this may jump out at you and you go, oh, Daniel Pink, that comes to mind, right? You have, they have a purpose, right? Um, there's some, there's, they're compassionate in terms of how they deal with each other. Um, they master certain capabilities of becoming better. And then they're self-organizing or self-managing. They have the ability to get things done. And, and, and so I think these four elements are, are really critical to help to have happy contributing people you know, in the process. And, and so the, the other question that I have for you tonight is that if this is the case, if this is the case that ha happy contributing people have a purpose, they're compassionate, um, they have their master capabilities, and then they're self-organizing, um, let me ask you this question. You know, what do happy contributing people look like to you? And so this is at an event with with two individuals from Israel. We're planning this, uh, planning out some work, and you can see they have fun hats on, and they're going to contribute some value this day in planning. So I'm going to do another mentee, and ask you what words come to mind. You know about happy contributing people when you have that experience, and then we'll we'll tell you a little bit more. So let, let me bring up my my second slide and get into presentation mode. You know, if you notice, this is fun. I, I, I kept one mentee, same code. Um, all you have to do is go to the next question, which is here. And just share some words. When you, when you think about happy contributing people, you know, what comes to mind, you know, for you? And I'm going to do about a minute. You know, we have a small group. So that gives you enough time to um, type some stuff in here about happy contributing people. And, and help us to see what your experience has been. Laughter, so good.
Participation, yes. It's so, so, such an amazing thing when flow happens in your organization, in your relationship, in the work that you're doing. Just having that feeling of being fulfilled also is essential for happy contributing people. Okay, I'm going to pick on the person. Tell us more about laughter, you know, and what that experience is like, you know, with happy contributing people. Sure, and anyone else can add. Um, so we have a team working internally um, um, on business development, actually, uh, for our company, and we laugh a lot. You know, we're discovering what best ways, how best to do the follow-ups, how best to hold meetings, and all that good stuff, but we laugh a lot. Um, and so that, that definitely came to mind. Hmm. What about flow? Yeah, I added that. Um, I think, yeah, I think happy, happy contributing people get a chance to, uh, be in the zone, uh, because they're trying to solve problems. They're trying to help others. Um, and, uh, you know, being in the zone can uh, create happiness and happiness can create, you know, being in the zone. So it's sort of like a virtuous cycle. Nice. So one more, how about engaged? You know, there's this thing that unengaged people cost like about $450 billion in productivity cost annually. So that, to me, that's important. So I, I think that was me. Um, so yeah, I mean, you 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 see it in the room, right? There are people who are are engaged and um, they want to be actively participating. Um, you know, they just show up different than people who are just kind of you know just showing up. Certainly is. You know, thank you so much for your contribution. Uh, let me move over to the next one. What's going to come up? Uh, whoops. So you can see we have different contexts and and and, and different perspective of what happy contributing people are and how they show up, you know, and how we experience them. But there's a, another context that I would like to to describe of how we could create a space to enable happy contributing people. And so there, there's this concept called Ubuntu. And if you're a technical person, maybe you're going to think about, you know, some type of a server because there's actually a server software called Ubuntu. But this is an African term. And, you know, there's a term in Africa that says that it's a saying that said, if you want to go fast, go alone. If you want to go far, go together. And, and, and that's a team mindset. So the, the, the concept of a Ubuntu says, I am because we are as a collective. And my translation for Ubuntu is that I see you, you know, I value you and I welcome you, 
Right? And so if we could start practicing those things about building happy, contributing people, this is one way of how we start to help to create value um, for others, for ourselves, for the organization. And so as we start in that stance of Ubuntu, then we can start talking about Ubuntu values. Um, the first one I talk about is patience and kindness. And, and that's really important. You know, the translation of patient and kindness is really love. Love is patient. Love is kind, right? That's a translation of what that is. Patience and kindness, it's all about love. It's not an emotional thing, but it's, it's how I could accept the shortcomings of, of others and myself, and I could be kind to myself and kind to others. We could create safety for the people that we're working with. You know, everyone talk about psychological safety, um, but also let's talk about physical safety as well, um, about resilience, of being able to not just go, whoa, is me, oh, I got up, but it's having the ability to work as a collective um, group of people who could provide value back to the organization. And then also this partnership. Uh, you know, I, I want to have lots of partnerships with, with different in individuals who have, we use the word, someone added accountability, right? So we have accountability to each other as we're getting things done. So this is one, this is one way that I want to show up when, when we're talking about creating happy, contributing people. I want to come in with a stance of Ubuntu. I want to come show up with a stance that I see you, I value you, I welcome you. And to support that, here's a set of values that I want to wear, you know, daily in my Ubuntu stance. Now, that's the way we, you know, in our system, in our space show up. Now, I want to talk about leadership how leadership could help us move forward with this happy contributing people paradigm in this context. Um, so I, I looked at Ron Wistrom's, um, he had a series of definitions about generative culture. Well, I said, cool, leaders create culture, they're responsible for that. And so I'm looking at generative leadership of how we could build these great performance-based organization that are, are, are resilient. And, and yeah, this is a little wordy, but I think it was necessary for, for this slide to be a little bit wordy because there's lots of information to, to provide. So um, Ron Western came up with about, you know, six different values that sits on the left. That is, you know, teams that are performance-based are high, has high cooperation. So I said the translation of high cooperation is that there's a focus on we, right? We're working well together. We're, we're, we're getting things done. The second thing is that he talked about messengers are enabled, right? They're unable to do their job. So I said, hey, we, we trust you to achieve our goals. You know, we have some goals, some things that we want to get done. So we trust you to get that done. And, and, and so as we were talking about happy contributing people of self-organization, you can see they're starting to tie back in, into some of those core principles of what happy contributing people are. And we said risks are shared. So we're going to win and lose as a team. That's going to happen. One team, one dream, beautiful. And four, we talk about bridging, bridging, you know, that 
we're, it's encouraged. So we're going to have partnership and have conversations to learn more. So instead of that friction that you have with security and if you have a PM group and you have that group, well, we're going to do some bridging so that we could have partnership and have conversations of how do we learn more to move forward? And then in five, you know, people talk about failures lead to inquiry. So I'm going to say, what did we learn? What, what, what did we just learn? In the Agile space, we want to say learn fast, right, is, is one of the things that we, we talk about. So this is this is the inquiry that we want to learn more about. What did we learn in, in that process? So what? We just failed. Cool. So what did we learn in the process? Or we, we were just successful. What did we learn? Six is novelty implemented. So I said, one of the things that when I'm coaching and I'm speaking, I talk about running the experiment and evaluate the hypothesis because most of the things that we come up with, you're building a new product or service, you know, there's a high probability that, you know, you really don't know what the answer is on the other side. You have a hypothesis. It needs to be evaluated and we need to get some validated learning so that we understand if we were successful or not, right? So we're going to try some stuff in, in this language. And then I picked up seven and talked in terms of having not a growth mindset, but an abundance mindset. That's what I want to have. I want to have an abundance mindset that not only do I have the capacity to share with others, but I also have the capacity to learn. So I'm going really big when I think of abundance, right? And when I think about these seven generative leadership values is the things that I want leaders to adapt. So when, when I run my leadership course with leaders, these are the seven values that I want them to, to lean into. Focus on we. Let me show you how to do that. Let me show you how to trust. Let me show you how to build teams. Um, let, let's have relation conversation about, you know, how do we build better partnership and, and learning things through inquiry and being curious. And let's run some small limited experiment. These are all agile mindset type things that I'm speaking of. And I think most of us who are here may have had some experience with doing that. Okay. So any questions around the journey we just took about talking about happy contributing people? Or comments? Um, I, I do have a question. Um, I had to step out for a second. I'm, I wanted to, um, when you say win and lose as a team, um, how do you, I mean, how do you see that and how do you define team? Let's say that we have uh, an assigned group of, let's use the agile world, four to nine people. Mm -hmm. Right. And, and so it it could be it could be a cross-functional team. So if, if you're doing ad, you know, so let's if you're doing safe, you may go up to 11. So you have a cross-functional team. Mm -hmm. So so that's your team. Some people may come be, be members of the business organization. Some people may be from your IT organization. You have UX people. So the winning and losing is within the construct of those people who are participating to deliver value. That's what I'm talking about. So one of the things that I, I'm sure we all see, right, in a, in a sufficiently large organization, you're dependent upon other teams, right? There are no truly independent teams, right? And so you inevitably get into those us versus them, right? Like, oh, we did our part, you know? So like, 
at a higher level, like the larger team, right, is where I, I find it harder to get the win and lose as a team mentality. So, so yeah, I, and I could see that. So then we, we may go on to point number four, value number four, where we have bridging encouraged. Right. So that it's like, okay, fine. We did, we did, we did our part and you're struggling. So let's partner. Let's have a conversation so we can learn more. How can we help you? I mean, is that okay? To me, if we're winning and losing as a team, one team and teams working as a collective to deliver value, right. can we do right. that? So, so even though we have these generative leadership values, even though they're listed out of seven things, they could work in conjunction with each other. I mean, generally, values work best when you can start combining them so we could have, you know, a, a better outcome or more comprehensive outcome. Okay, thanks. Yeah, yeah, I like I like the the tie back into into number four. Yeah. yeah. All right. Anything else before we move on to satisfied customers? Hey, it's Jerry. Question on number six, um, excluding one of Elon's companies. How do you see this happening in companies? I work in financial services, and we we're always risk uh, aware, and and you know we don't run experiments, so. You know, I'd be curious on how that works in other companies. Well, it, it depends on the company, right? So mm -hmm. Amazon, does they do this all the time, right? Thousands of times per day. Um, and I just came from a, a, a big financial company that, that's, that's part of the automotive industry. And some of the conversations that I've had with those individuals and some of the, the the success that we've had is just, hey, is it okay for us to just take a small slice of what we're trying to do and run this experiment to see what we learn? We may not go all the way out to production with it, but can we learn something in the group as opposed to we don't know how this works, right? So, so that's one way you could run the experiment. If you work for, if you're in an organization that is willing to pick a small group of people, right? And, and you know, and said, we're going to go ahead and work with alpha or beta, you know, users. I mean, that's the experiment to evaluate your hypothesis. You know, will customers even like this? Would they even want to use the system? Right. And this gets into, you know, lean startup mindset as well, right? A running small, amount of work as opposed to spending nine months or 18 months hypothesizing about something that's going to work. Can we do this in maybe, you know, six to 10 weeks and try something like that and see what the outcomes are? See what, or the, 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 a better term, the validated learnings are by running the hy hypothesis. So each organization is going to vary and some organizations will be open to this. All right. Thank you. Welcome. So I'm going to move on to the next thing. Now, the second group of individuals that we care about, right? We our people are happy and you know they're having a good time. They're mastering capabilities, right? I mean, they're they're practicing Ubuntu. The leadership is doing that. They're leaning into this gal, you know, set of values. Now we're talking about satisfied customers. 
And, and satisfied customers are, are really simple. Not really. So I'm going to say that if we have their unmet need, unmet needs satisfied, you're going to have satisfied customers. Um, if we understand what their needs are, they're going to be satisfied and we could deliver value. Um, we're going to have satisfied customers in the context that we, we're beginning as an organization to experience brand loyalty. Um, you know, my brand loyalty, and I'll give you an example. And sometimes I'm going like, yeah, I never thought I was going to spend so much money with Amazon. But, you know, COVID made it just such that they made it so convenient for so many things. There's brand loyalty there with me. I'm just, just be honest about that. Um, the third aspect of this, and this is more of a sales, marketing, business development context of customer lifetime value. Do you notice every time you go and buy a subscription, they give you the option to do one month or one year? Do you know why they give you the one-year option? Any thoughts? Because you forget when renewal time comes up. <laughs> well, <laughs> that's the unintended consequences, right? <laughs> But why do you think that customer is offering that option at that reduced rate? I guess it has to do with, um, you know, the return on investment for their acquisition costs. Yeah, th that's part of it, but it's money in the bank. You remember you're right. talking, someone was talking about bank something option. It's money in the bank. If, if I could get you to pay for 12 months in advance, right? I have that money. I don't have to worry about every month charging you. I don't have to worry about additional fees and expenses and stuff like that. I have that money in the bank. And that's what we talk about customer lifetime value. Yeah. Right. So that I have that customer for 12 months. You know, so so it's 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 a sales marketing business development tool that people use to make sure that companies could have the money and satisfied customers would do that. I do it. And instead of like worrying about every month, they just say, oh yeah, sure. You're going to give me 12, 10, 15%, whatever it is. Um, yeah, I'll take it. All right. So there's a benefit um, to the organization for doing that. All right. So let's keep tracking about satisfied customers. So again, I, I went off to my trusty group of, of um, leaders who, who, who I think have, a fair amount of experience and knowledge. And I ask him the same question. Um, you know, what do you think about satisfied customer? And Danish is going to say, get closer to know the customer. Uh, she didn't define what a satisfied customer is. She says, here's an action to take to learn more about satisfied customer. Um, Marty says he's like customers getting value in a good way. And Dave, he said people are wowed by the value received. And then Howard says, when they receive value in excess of the amount they paid or the effort they provided. So that's their definition um, of what a satisfied customer is. So now, so I'm going to ask you the same question. We're going to go back and, you know, we're going to spend time going back and forth because I want your input and you could, based on what everyone else, what, what those, these four leaders said, you know, you could push against their definition or you could come up with your own definition. So let me 
hop out of here and and go on to my new mentee slide and I ask you the same thing what words come to mind about a portrait of a satisfied customers I want a portrait of a satisfied customers a little bit different a little bit more interesting of, of what a satisfied customer look like and I'm gonna you know I think you guys are, are get, getting the hang of this so I'm gonna make it 45 seconds that you could give me some uh some feedback as to what your thoughts are Yeah. There's nothing like having a, a customer who is delighted by the value that you just provided for them. Or you just gave empower those individuals to be able to serve themselves without having to call someone to, to take an action. Whoops. So who said living their best life? I did. Let's hear from you. <laughs> I was just thinking about when I'm satisfied and I feel like the, those things that empower me to be more of who I am, like my own profile, my own portrait, I'm, I just feel kick ass. So. I dig it. Yeah, I, I totally dig it. And then there's a, a group of people that says, you know, this this whole level of appreciation, they're they're appreciative of the value that we're providing for them. Who said that? Or there could be number number of people who said that. I was one of them. Okay. Um, and, and I think in this case too, I'm also thinking about like users that you interact with, even more so than you know internal people as opposed to external customers, and they just. They're so glad that they've finally been understood. <laughs> <laughs> and what about referrals? The net promoter score, kind of like a metric, referrals. Yeah, it's Jerry. I, I put that down. I, I think about myself when I'm happy with the product and service I received. I make it a point to share that with others. So the company is getting me as a, a free sales agent, if you will. Nice. Well, good. Thank you. Thank you for, for giving context to what you have contributed and shared. And so we'll we'll continue to to have discussions about, you know, tools that we could learn more about our customers. So, uh, you know, I, I know some of you said we wanted to know what value really means. And, and I hope as we're going through this journey, we, we, we talk about a definition of value that you guys could lean into. And then we could push against three different views of happy contributing people. If you have happy contributing people delivering value within the organization, organization producing good stuff, there's a high probability that they could contribute to the wonderful thing of satisfied customers, right? In terms of how they speak to them. But one way to learn about more, learn more about your customers is that there is this tool called an empathy map and, and it's a design thinking. We use it a lot in design thinking, right? And, and we say, well, who do we want to empathize with? 
who do we want to imagine that we're walking in their shoes? Or if I can't imagine what it's like to walk in their shoes, maybe I could go ask them what it's like to walk in their shoes. Or maybe go observe what it's like to walk in their shoes, right? And that comes back to the concept of Gemba, walk, go and see, right? So you could figure out, like, who do we want? Number one, who do we want to empathize with? Who is our customers? Who are the people that we really care about? People who are inside our walls and outside of our walls. Uh, number two, you know, what do they need to do? Right? What are the things that they they really need to get done? Um, the, the Clayton Christensen came up with this concept of jobs to be done. And this whole concept of jobs to be done is that, you know, every customer have a job that they need to get done. Um, if you don't have food in your in your house and, and you're hungry, the job that needs to be done is to go get food from some source, whether it's fast food or a restaurant. That's the job. Feeding, making sure that your hunger is satisfied. You know, what do they need to see uh, in terms of your product? You know, is it is it aesthetically clean? Is it pleasing? Is it a junk pile? You know, uh, you know, what did they say about your products? What are you saying to other people? Um, also, you know, they may think about what do they need to, to do with your product? <laughs> you know, how is their product going to help them in, in their journey? Um, you know, what are they hearing in, in the space they're in? What, what are they hearing on the news, on the internet? Uh, um, you know, Jerry just said, you know, he is one of those individuals who's loyal and he's going to tell other people. What is Jerry saying? other people about your products and services and then you get into number seven and you're trying to figure out what do they think and feel what are the pains that they're experiencing with your product and services or without your product and services and and then also what are the gains what are the things they're going to get from it right and and even whether they have it or they imagine that they're going to get some you know wonderful values or, or gains from that product and then you know, what are other thoughts and feelings might motivate the behaviors of the person that you're empathizing with or your customers? So this tool, I use it for, you know, the design thinking aspect of when we're trying to learn more about our customers, internal or external. Um, but I also use it as a fun tool for retrospectives. And, you know, if we just had a really, really, really tough time or it's a brand new team, this is a, another great tool. You could just use as a retrospective tool to start empathizing. And you could prop, ask all sort of fun questions with each one of these points, right? So that you need about 90 minutes to do this well and, and really come out with things that you really want to work on. Uh, what are your thoughts so far about this empathy map or, or, or you know, how does this really appeal to you in, in any way or form. I think it's, it's, you want to be in their conversation. And so this is really helpful to bridge that gap. Like it. I think it's a good way for everybody to have a shared understanding too, of, of, you know, either the customer or, um, yeah, so that it's done on paper and that everybody is coming at it from the same perspective when they are uh, having conversations. I like I like the idea of using it as a as a retro tool. Um, 
that's that, that's that's an interesting application. I, I could see a lot of ways of using it within the organization. And you remember, Mark, you were talking about multiple teams. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, exactly. Any other thoughts before we move along? I need a little more fleshing out of how it would be used as a retro tool. I like the idea, but it's not landing for me how I would actually do that. Is it with a specific feature? Or a, I just, if anyone has any thoughts, otherwise I can just chew on it on my own. Well, let me let me go to the crowd before I respond. Anyone have any thoughts on how you would want to use this as a, a retro um, tool? I actually had similar questions on how to use it for a retro. So thanks, Christy, for bringing that up. I was thinking it would be like um, asking the team to like think or or act like they are the customer, and to try to 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 see how the group does the group agree what the how the customer would answer these things i think it could also be used like internally within the team right maybe there was a problem this this sprint right maybe something didn't go right and we're trying to find out why um you know uh i'll, I'll use the the obvious example there wasn't enough time for testing and the testers got pinched at the end of the sprint and and the the right delivery went out with bugs in it right right it's, you know um, trying to empathize, maybe it's testers empathizing with other people as well as other people empathizing with testers, right? So just even within the team, I would think you find a good question. I think you could use this for that. that you guys answered really cool. Yeah. Was that helpful? Thank you. Yeah, that was great. Excellent. Excellent. I was going to use a similar uh, metaphor, but Mark, thank you for doing that. That was really helpful, you know, that we're, we're all just leaning into this. So now we're, we're going to shift. So the first part, we talk about definition of value. We talked about happy contributing people. We just finished up satisfied customers. Well, the, the last part of this is thriving business. All right. So one thing when I think about thriving business is that they they practice business agility. And my definition for business agility is it, it comes from lean. So it's like I'm thinking about optimizing the whole organization as much as possible. That's my definition of business agility. I mean, there are many other um, definitions in, in my book, Deliver Value. You know, I, I speak about it from a safe perspective. I speak about it from the business agility. Um, I hope I'm not saying this wrong. Academy perspective. I speak about it from another group that has a definition of what they think business agility is. But for me, I like simple. <laughs> so optimizing the whole is is more appropriate for me than just optimizing IT because that's what we do when we practice agility. So I, I said the organization is practicing business agility. And then within the, a thriving business, have happy, happy contributing people, right? And they're thriving within, within that organization. And then we have these satisfied customers who are fans, who are constantly coming back, they're loyal, they're buying stuff. Um, and so this is the, 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 the fourth aspect to me when we start talking about deliver value. We understand what value the definition is. And we could use it. We understand our people are really like happy and contributing. We understand our customers are satisfied. And then, oh yeah, you know, we're making money. 
you know, we're flexible. We're dealing with all the shifts that's coming at us. You know, we're dealing in a VUCA world and you know, people doing great and the customers are, are just loving us to death. And so the same thing, asking these individuals. And, and so these are just extracts from the, the interviews that I had with these individuals in the book itself. You know, so Diana, she goes faster to market, acquire new customers and retain customers that we have. Point in contact here, CLV, retain customers that we have. Uh, Marty, have a mar have market momentum, a good working environment and uses its resources wisely. Dave, he talks about energy created between three elements of customers, team, and market. And then Howard talks about know why they exist and who they're there to serve. And so this is really a context from start with why, right? Simon Sinek point of view. I like to think also a helpful tool for organizations is to, to leverage, and, and this comes look, this comes from the six sigma world, right? The, the lean six sigma, six sigma world. And we use it, we're beginning to use it more now in that we're, we're starting to get people to organize around value. And one of the tools that we may use is a value stream. Right? And, and value streams are they're really visual representation of how a specific portion of the organization actually operate. So you may have many of these um, as you, you you walk through, you know, if you're looking at, at a loan and the flow, you know, uh, for, for a loan, we're, we're looking at the people that are involved, actions that are involved, some of the systems that are involved from the time there's a request as, until it's done, right? So I'm saying that we want to use this tool to identify and increase flow in the organization. And this isn't complete because there's two other pieces that's missing from here. One of it is what we call Muda, the wasted time that we have in here. And the other part of it is value, right? So this is an, that isn't inc included in the chart, but I just wanted to, to give you, you know, a visual of what a value stream would look like. Now, as part of the organization, these happy contributing people, we're building these adaptive teams so we could deliver things faster, right? We're focusing on the value portion of this and really trying to eliminate as many much waste as possible so we could have an increased flow efficiency. We're, we're focused on continual improvement and we're going to become more customer obsessed than anything else. We care about our customers. What do we have to do to make sure that you know, our customer are satisfied and we, we know what their unmet needs are. Um, any, any questions about this picture of a value stream and, and what it represents? Okay. You guys are great students. You, you've seen this before. Love it. So, of course, I'm going to ask you again, you know, what words come to mind about thriving businesses for you? And so we'll do a final mentee inquiry here using the same code. And, and let's just think about some words. And we'll, we'll do another 45 seconds of, of time. And 
you could share what that is. Ooh, leading edge. Love that. Hopefully leading edge using AI. <laughs> <laughs> satisfied customers. I'm, I'm glad that satisfied customers is in there because that's important. Right. So who said leading edge? What was that about? Yeah, that was me again. I've I just, I, I mean, if I really go there, I mean, I, I, it, I, it came to mind there are thriving businesses that aren't doing anything out of the ordinary. But, you know, if I were to be really part of a thriving business, like in an ideal sense, they, we would have a leading edge. Okay. So let's go with, with satisfied customers. I put that one again because I've it's just really been on my mind watching like listening. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> well, well, you know, it, it's one of the the key markers that we're talking about. What about engaging community? I put that, and I think um, and maybe something an outcome of that is uh, also thriving in sharing that with the community and also helping build the community and support that. So. That was something that I think would be important if I were, you know, in a business that was thriving. I mean, I would want that. And and so th that also is part of the story of that book, you know, the innovation catalyst leading with empathy. That is part of that story, that fictional story uh, of that female leader who's actually engaging the community, right, to, to talk about innovation as part of a, a give back and mm -hmm. also to make sure they could tap into minds that are, may have ideas that could give back to their company. So, so thank you for, for, um, for pointing that out. That's important to me. I, I believe in community and engaging communities. Um, anything else that you would like to discuss briefly before we move on to the next slide? I just, I really like that engaged in community is there. And, you know, I just wonder, is that always been the case for thriving businesses historically? And it's just something I'm chewing on. I just love that it's there. I could think of some research where that's the case, but I would like to hear from someone else. Yeah, I don't know. Like, I'm, but an expert or not an expert by any means, but I, I know that I think like historically, um, you know, maybe back in the 50s or 60s, I think it was a big part as far as getting engaged with the communities, but maybe not as much today uh, or as widespread today. Um, but once again, like I don't have a lot of research to back that up other than some podcasts that I've listened to. Cool. Thanks. Mm -hmm. That's so. That's interesting because I was actually thinking the opposite. That back in the day, I don't know that companies were involved. Today, it seems like everybody's involved in helping out their communities. Like if you look online, 
how many times do you see team pictures from various companies wearing their team shirts, you know, doing something locally for, for people. So I don't know. I, I think of it differently. I think both is fair that, that there's more now, but you know, there were also businesses that really contributed to the community and pet in the past. So, um, you know, I forgot, I'm like spacing on Jim Collins' book uh, from Good to Great. And um, he had another built book. Built to Last. Right? Yeah, Built to Last. That's Built to Last is the one that that you would see uh, some conversation about engagement in communities and how that was one of the the activities that they dealt, they engaged in to, to make sure that their communities became stronger. So Cool. Thank, thank you for <laughs> reminding me about Built to Last. Really, <laughs> you know, read a lot. Um, wow. So let me just summarize, right, for, for what we just covered um, and staying within our time box. You know, value is a measurable outcome that can be realized and shared. And, you know, the word realized too, and, and I forgot to tell you this, that when I, when I think of, of Maslow's, pyramid right on, on top of it you know what is the word that sits on top of his pyramid is it self-realization yes yeah, self-realization wow right? so, so, i mean you so, gave me a clue <laughs> boom i like it <laughs> so so that's where that is coming from as well that not only is achievable but there's some realization actualization that's taking place you know, for the in individual. So it's kind of a, you know, a little bit of a loaded term, but but that's what I'm talking about as well in there. Um, we think about happy contributing people that they're really foundational to building his healthy organization so that it could continue to get to that place of thriving. Um, where we're focused on creating satisfied customers and, and just knowing the unmet needs. You know, this is why startup companies excel because they understand the unmet needs of the customers. This is why stable customers continue to excel because they understand the unmet needs of their customers. And, and so to bring this all together, we're, we're saying that a thriving business enables happy contributing people and satisfied customers. And, and so, so that's the, the view. When I think about delivering value, you know, it's not, it's not just a one thing that we do is as an organization, as a system, we're approaching this from the people that are building stuff, the people who are paying for stuff and receiving value, and the actual entity itself that's thriving, you know, because of those other things that are taking place. And we have a definition of value. So, uh, you know, <laughs> I've been in companies where, you know, it takes them a whole year to understand how to define value or define products. And I'm going like, okay, you're driving me crazy. Um, let's go talk to Miriam. Yeah, she's mm -hmm. been around for a long time or he's been around for a long time. And we could, we could get some answers there and we could start there and we could probably ideate, you know, through the process. So with that, you know, what are you curious about today's learning? I, I guess it's just so simple, but it seems like 
there's so many components to it and organizations are big complex systems and it's you know it's not like i i have it wrapped around my finger where i feel like i could i could walk into any organization and address address their value or their measurable stuff so i guess i'm just curious why it's so simple but so com complex well I'll, I'll, I'll you know i'll take it to the team to the group who's here yeah, I I agree with that. A lot of these concepts seem so straightforward. You wonder why we just can't do it. You made a comment earlier in the call that leadership is responsible for culture. Um, at an offsite, I made the comment that our culture is not that good and we need to fix it. <laughs> not thinking that I was making a comment to the leadership team, but you know, that's a statement that seems like we should be able to do that, but we just can't for some reason. So. It, it also reminds me, oh, sorry, I'll just say real quick, like it's something that we should learn like in elementary school, right? I think these values like Ubuntu, like if we had this in our culture to begin with, it would be a lot easier to have in our businesses. And the thing that I was going to say, and I think uh, Dave, you mentioned this earlier, was optimizing for the whole. And it's hard to to spread the knowledge, or you know, even if it does seem like a simple con concept, and spreading it across an organization, and then the interpretation of it. I think there's a lot that can even, if it is a simple concept, get lost in translation. Yeah, I'll I'll second the 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 perception or the the idea that it's um it's a fairly easy concept to understand, but really hard to I guess communicate and put into practice and and to realize it's there. Um, so yeah, there there's been a lot of questions lately around um even like just general agility and coaching, right? Like what tell us, show us how you add value. Right. What what metric can we use? What can we port, point to? So there's been a, a, I, I've been hearing that a lot um, more over the last couple of years. So um, this this sheds a little bit of light on that, I think. Well. No, if if I'm glad that this has br brought some value, no pun intended, <laughs> um, to this group, and, and so yeah, you know, if you if you buy the book, you read the book, um, it has different types of metrics that that you could use for different things, um, from measuring what value looks like in terms of engagement and happiness and a bunch of other stuff like that. Um, so you can find that that in there. Um, just to share with you, you know, just some other, you know, you know, I'm a business executive organization, agile coach and trainer. So I, I'm out there coaching and training people. And, you know, I've written several books, a few of them, um, uh, that, that talks about different things. And, and the last three that I did between 2002 and 2003 is, the innovation catalyst leading with empathy, which is and which is also <laughs> embedded in deliver value, 
but I figured it would be an easier read for someone to read a 50 page uh, fiction story about a, a great female who is, you know, leading an organization and then deliver value is really the 300 page book that has all of the fun stuff in it. Um, belonging and healing is where I go really deep into Ubuntu and, and really talk about, you know, how, how do we create belonging and healing in our organization? Cause I think that's a big gap that, that we have. And, and it's just, you know, something that I think that's really important. So you, you could find my books on Amazon. I also sell the eBooks on my website called Dr. Dave Duca. And I'll tell you a quick story before I go, you know, there's, there I was at a, uh, <clears throat> at, at a, uh, a festival, a book festival here in Tucson, Arizona at the university of Arizona. And this woman from Africa, she comes, where's the Duca? And so a Duca is what, what happens in, in, in other countries is that you would have your home and your duka, the store itself, would happen right outside of your house as part of your house. So that's what a duka is. And, and so I, I thought it was pretty hilarious that she came and I was looking for the duka. I said, here's the duka. Our tent is the duka. So that's what I have for you today. Thank you. All right, thank you, Dr. Dave. Um, I really like the the definition of value. I'm gonna I'm gonna take that um, and uh, start to uh, share it with others. But um, thank you for your insights. Thanks for the uh, wisdom. And uh, yeah, I'm uh, I'm glad we were able to uh, come back to the meetup and and make this happen. Hopefully, we can uh, start to uh, plan the next uh, the next set of uh, events. And uh, you know, uh, get back together in person at some point. Um, any uh, final comments from anyone? Anyone uh, before we go? Great presentation! Thank you. It was fun. Really great connecting with everyone. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. Thanks for the presentation, Sala. Thanks for uh, getting us all uh, together. All right. Thank you. Check out uh, Dr. Dave. Uh, place uh dave duca i think you said <laughs> yeah, dr dave duca the, dr dave duca and uh yeah looking forward to see you again next time nice all right, all right. have a good night all right bye everyone thank you bye everyone. bye bye, bye. Let's talk about talk, it. Talk, talk, talk. Let's go deep. We all have something to share. No, no share with Dr. Dave.